Hey guys, welcome back to Serial Killers with Lauren. I'm your host, Lauren. And this is Morgan. Today we're in a little bit of different setting. We're in Morgan's room today, so if there's some car noises behind us, that will be it. Yeah, and our puppies are sitting in here with us too, so you might hear a little jingle jangle from their collars. <laughs> I hope you guys all enjoyed the first episode, The Giggling Grandma, and today I decided to go with the Gorilla Man. Oh yes, I remember you telling me. It was Gorilla Man, what was the other one he is called? The Dark Strangler. Yeah, both very edgy, very cool names. So yeah, I think we're in for a treat here, guys. Okay, so sit back and relax, and we'll start it right now. Okay, the Gorilla Man, or Earl Nelson. <laughs> The Gorilla Man, or Earl Nelson. He was born May 12, 1897. Got an older one. He is oh, also yeah. the first known American serial killer of the 21st century with 22 victims. Hmm, okay. All female. Also. Of course. <laughs> so let's get back into his little background. His parents both died of syphilis when Oof. he was young. Oof. He was sent to be raised by his maternal grandmother, who was very Pentecostal uh -huh. and believed that everything had its way of working itself out, which did not lead to a very good growing up. Oh, okay. At around the age of 10, Nelson collided with a streetcar while riding his bike. Uh, this resulted in him being in a coma for six days after the accident. It was very serious. The doctors did not think he would wake back up. Oh, wow. When he awoke, his behavior became, quote, erratic, and he suffered from frequent headaches and memory loss, end quote. Oh, no. Oh, no. I see where this is going, y'all. When Nelson was 14, his grandmother died, and he was sent to live with his aunt and her husband. However, Lillian, his aunt, was also very Christian and believed that... God was the way to everything, and if Nelson did not behave, he did not get the right treatment. Okay, yeah. This is not good, guys. We have the making of a serial killer here, <laughs> which, obviously, by this podcast, you know, he's a serial killer, but, you know, you can just see it early. Very bad background. And some people are like, oh, yeah. In 1915, Nelson was sentenced to two years in the San Quentin State Prison in California after breaking into a cabin he believed to be abandoned. Mm -hmm. Reportedly, he wanted to find some goods, sell them, and give himself some cash. Yeah. Later, after he was released from prison, he was committed to the Napa State Mental Hospital after behaving oddly and erratically during his short stint in the United States Navy. Oops, you're telling me... <laughs> That he, that he, uh, he, he went to prison. Yes. And then he, uh, joined the Navy. Mm -hmm. How did he get into the Navy? And then he goes to the mental His hospital. good behavior, they offered uh, him into the military. Hopefully that it would somehow... So he wasn't acting crazy in jail? Hmm? Apparently not. I okay. couldn't find any records. Okay then. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he managed to escape three times before the hospital staff stopped trying to find him. <laughs> they eventually gave up. He must be so annoying. They're like, 
No, not worth it. Good luck, buddy. Uh, they should have kept him in there. Yeah. Try harder. Yeah. Because it is not long after this that his sexual crimes became evident. When Nelson was 21, he attempted to molest a 12-year-old girl named Mary Summers. However, Nelson was stopped when Summers began to scream and call for help when all of her neighbors rushed to help the little girl. You and go, Nelson Mary. got away. You go, Mary. Oh, I feel bad for her. Mm-hmm. He was once again committed to the Napa State Mental Hospital after they eventually found him, after Mary Summers told them who it was. Mm-hmm. After several escapes and attempted escapes, Nelson was released from the mental institution in 1925 and starting on his killing spree in early in 1926. Oh, wow. He killed his first victim, Clara Newman, on February 20th, 1926, and two weeks later, he claimed his second victim, Laura Beale. This is where we have to talk about his methods of murder. Oh, no. Why he's also called the Dark Strangler. Um, he would, um, he would convince them that all of his victims were practically landladies. He would find them in the newspapers mm. saying they wanted to rent out a room. He would come and he would be like, I'm interested. And when they got used to him being around, coming to see the place, he would strangle them mm-hmm. to death. He would then have sexual acts with their corpses, oh. and then he would hide their bodies underneath the bed and go about his merry way, where the bodies would not be found for what? a couple of days. Wow. Wow. He definitely has his method down, but that's horrible. He does, <laughs> as he had done it many times before. Yeah. So that is where his name, the Dark Stranger, comes from. Next, we're going to talk about his other name, the Gorilla Man. Oh boy. Now we're going to talk about Nelson's strange appearance and actions and why he was donned the name the Gorilla Man. Yes, let's. I am ready. It is said that Nelson was an odd-looking man. With a receding forehead, protruding lips, and huge hands. Ooh. Which... Ugly. (laughs) Yes. If you look at the pictures, he was considered... Oh, I see. Yeah, he does does have those features. He's got kind of big, pointy ears. His forehead is enormous, and his hairline is, like, receding, so that doesn't help. (laughs) So, not only did he look sort of like a gorilla, but his actions were somewhat animalistic after his accident. Mm. He would bite other children, not the normal toddler, oh, I want this, let me bite you. It was like trying to rip off their skin. Mm-hmm. It was Friendly. trying to bite off their ears. Ew. He did not fare well mm. after the accident. Yeah, that accident definitely did a number on him. Like, you know, the last one, our friend giggling grandma, she was like, oh, hitting my head made me do this. I mean, maybe that one doesn't quite go, but for sure, him going to a coma and all this stuff definitely caused some head trauma. Mm-hmm. Now, he 
another tactic he would use would be his Bible. Raised in his Pentecostal home with his grandmother and his aunt, he had his Bible and he would study it and you know, all the landladies would see him and think he was a good man of God and they would yeah. become very comfortable around him Clever. despite his uh, interactions. He definitely then had some awareness of what he's doing if he's trying to, you know, use a ruse to trick him, you know. He would. Um, on at least one occasion, Nelson mutilated the body of his victim. Nelson slept with the body of 14-year-old Lola Cohen Ugh. under his bed for three nights, Ew. despite the fact that she had been mutilated in a manner that is supposedly such as Jack the Ripper. Ew. Ew. To me, that was the most He's not a cool serial killer. Yeah. He's really gross. However, that is the only victim that he actually mutilated their body mm. before necrophilia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oof. Next, we're gonna get around to how Nelson evaded capture on multiple times. Oh, yeah. The hospital staff couldn't find him, so who <laughs> can? Nelson. capture for 18th months before he was found. Mm, okay. He used a series of fake names, one such being Roger Williams, a very common name, and he moved around constantly until he ended up in, Can- in Canada, but he hmm? claimed several victims in San Francisco, San Jose, Portland, and or- Portland, Oregon. Mm, okay. And then when he finally landed in Canada, he, uh, four days after his murder in San Jose of Laura Beale on March 2nd, 1926, police arrested an Austrian national named Joe Kasecki. I apologize if mm-hmm. I had pronounced that wrong. You're doing great, sweetie. Because he was acting suspiciously, suspiciously and wore similar clothes to those worn by the killer. You know, officer, this guy, he's suspicious. And what's more? <laughs> He's wearing the clothes. The clothes you told us that he's wearing. Definitely the gorilla man. He could be man. I'm not I'm not telling you he could be. I'm just saying, you know, you gotta check it out. (laughs) And then however it became pretty obvious afterwards that it was not him. They let him go. Oh. And then they arrested two other people claiming that it could have been the gorilla man who Mm. was it. However, uh, neither, all, all of these three men were not, obviously, Nelson. Mm-hmm. Nelson, however, was... Be too easy, then. Be too easy. Be too easy. He was arrested twice in Canada, where his murder spree ended. He was first arrested on June 15th, 1927, uh, not long after murdering two in Canada, 14-year-old Lola Cohen, who was the victim who was mutilated, and... Uh, her little pads going oh. haywire. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, Lola Cohen was found decomposing in a room Nelson had rented, and housewife Emily Patterson, who was found by her husband underneath her underneath the bed. Ugh. Nelson was incarcerated at the local jail after giving police the alias Virgil Wilson. Hmm. He escaped that evening from the jail. <laughs> he escaped again. He escaped again. He was very good at eluding capture. Yeah, so he must be some degree of intelligence then. 
However, that is what made this case, when he finally did go to trial, interesting. Um, however, Nelson had made the mistake of hopping the same train that was transporting members of the Winnipeg police and was <laughs> recaptured and arrested again the next morning by an officer from the Crystal City, Manitoba Police Department. Mm. Again, if I, apo- I apologize if I say that town wrong. If you're from Manitoba, wherever it's called, we are so sorry. We're very sorry. So you see how he saw, he while he was very smart on how he could evade capture also, he was also not always the brightest. Yeah, it's very, it's always something small that trips these guys up. Get some <laughs> caught, man. Always something small. Next part will be about his trials. Nelson's trial began on November 1st, 1927, in courtroom number one of the Manitoba Law Courts building. This came up in every single one of them, how Nelson's lawyers attempted to portray Nelson as mentally ill and therefore not responsible for his crimes, as a lawyer does. However, the jury was not convinced and found Nelson guilty of the Winnipeg slaying of Emily Patterson found strangled underneath her own bed by her husband, who had knelt by the bed to pray for her safe return after fighting her missing on the afternoon of June 9th. <laughs> it's horrible. You're like, do good. Please bring me my wife back. Oh, <gasps> she is. Oh, my goodness. Patterson had been Nelson's fifth victim in just ten days. He definitely sped things up a little bit. He did. He did not want to slow things down. He had such an obsession that he just couldn't stop, and that's what led to his Very serial killer As for his outcome, Nelson was hung at the Vaughn <laughs> Street Jail, Winnipeg, at 7.30 a.m. on January 13, 1928. However, that is obviously a year after his trial, so he spent all that time in jail and then was hung due to He didn't his escape curse. that time, though. He did not. Somehow, mm-hmm. they were able to keep him under I know. Control. People seem really good at escaping back then, and now, like, you just can't escape, You just can't escape. Yeah. He definitely had some of that head trauma, I think, that probably affected how he became a serial killer. I do. But I think he definitely could have became one without it. The way his crimes were so sexual in nature. Yes. There was no way he would not be doing that. It was just very out of his control. Yeah. And it just accelerated. And I think he knew what he was doing, but at the same time, he felt what he was doing was okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good guy. No, definitely not rapes women and kills them is not a good guy no. so you know he's dead now so that's all that matters in the end i suppose mm-hmm. no more gorilla man <laughs> hard pass all right so you've heard the story of the gorilla man earl nelson however i believe that it is very important to acknowledge all of his victims as they may have not always been remembered, and I believe it is important to remember them and what came from them. This will be in chronological order of his victims. Clara Newman, Laura E. Beale, Lillian St. Mary, Anna Russell, Mary Nesbitt, Beatrice Withers, Virginia Grant, Mabel Fluke, Blanche Myers, Wilhelmina Edmonds, Florence Monks, Elizabeth Beard, Bonnie Pace, Jeremy Mania Harpin, Mary McConnell, 
Jenny Randolph, Minnie May, Mrs. Antwerp, Mary Sietzima, Lola Cohen, Emily Patterson. I believe that it is very important that we remember them and honor them and don't forget about what happened to them because this is very prevalent issue that is happening all over. So many names are being forgotten and I think it is important to remember them. Okay, that's the ending of this episode. Thank you, Morgan, again for joining me. No problem. You guys enjoy your week, and we will see you again next week on Tuesday for another episode of Serial Killers with Lauren. That's right.